installment of the yummy coco show this is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches music interviews and games i'm your host yummy coco aka colette prosper i'm a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show we talk about everything from uh Joe Exotic scripted series starring Nicolas Cage is not going forward at Amazon. Oh my goodness, what happened? This would have been incredible. To um, Ashley Nicole Black uh, will compete against herself having been not uh, involved in writing on both the Amber Ruffin show and a black lady sketch show. She's going to be competing against herself at the Emmys, um, which were just nominated today, um, which is the best kind of competition uh, because you, you're just competing with yourself. That's amazing. So uh, congratulations to all the nominees, including Stephen Canals and MJ Rodriguez. Uh, so this week, we're going to be talking about finding your network um, with my guest, Emmy-nominated writer and director Amy Aniobi. Uh, she is the executive producer of Insecure. Um, she's worked on a ton of shows, including Silicon Valley and Two Dope Queens, uh, last month, Amy, along with the Insecure cast and crew, shared emotional posts about their final days on set, sharing behind-the-scenes photos and getting nostalgic about the series' five-season run. I don't know about you, but I'm already emotional about the show ending. I love Insecure, and they haven't even announced a release date yet, but it should be coming out sometime in the fall for the, the last season. Uh, so I'm going to chat with her about Insecure and so much more. Um, I wanted to ask her about twerking while playing flute. I didn't get it, the opportunity, but we talked about a ton of things, um, including uh, hair scarves and uh, why she only likes, um, well, she also likes American whiskey, but she primarily uh, likes other uh, outside of America whiskey. So we talk about that. And uh, a host of other things. Um, we play uh, a very short game of uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, too. Anyway, good times. Uh, check it out. But first, some housekeeping. If you like the show, please rate and review. It's how people can find the show. Uh, so let's kick it off with a replay of the sketch uh, Nocturnal Man. And uh, it's it's an oldie but goodie. Uh, in uh, funny enough, um, we talk about things that that seem in the rear view now, like with Rush Limbaugh. I don't know if anybody even remembers now Rush Limbaugh, uh, but listen to it. Let me know what you think. Hit me up anytime. I'm at Yummy Coco on Instagram. And uh, so let's kick off with this with the sketch. And then uh, we'll um, have our talk with Amy. Sketch. Hi, my name is Dr. Marissa Cephalopod, and I'm a bird certified psychologist. And yes, I'm also an octopus who lives at an aquarium in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Join me as I chat with patients from all walks of life, including superheroes. These are their stories. Dr. Marissa, your 8 a.m. appointment is here. Oh, oh my water tank. Next time, just walk in, nocturnal man. No time, doctor. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I've been, I, I, I guess they're calling it canceled now by a beautiful ebony superhero I've been dating named 
feline female. I, I don't know how to get her back. Oh, dear, not again. Nocturnal man, just because I'm an octopus doesn't mean this is a safe space for your bullshit. What happened this time? She wrote me off because I never denounced Rush Limbaugh, and I thought Ted Cruz deserved some vacation time. You know, it's not my job to stop racists. I'm a crime fighter. You're supposed to stop all bad guys, nocturnal man, including sociopaths like them. Well, you know, they're, they're small potatoes. I deal with the gesture every day. I mean, you know, I deal with real sociopaths. I mean, they're, they're also sociopaths, but they're, they're like regular sociopaths, you know? Is there really a difference, nocturnal man? You have the money and the power to do anything. I know, I, I have that beam for all that, but I, I need to conserve that energy. You know, Bill Maher is right. These solar panel laws in California, they're, they're just a bite in the ass right now, you know? I, I, I really, I, I blame California. This is what I'm saying, nocturnal man. As a white cis male who saves people, you should recognize your privilege. It's it's like that mask thing all over again with Miss Spectacular. Hey, ma masks are a huge part of my life. You know that. But a double mask, please. I know how to protect myself. I can see your nose and mouth, nocturnal man. I mean, I'm, I'm not paying you to sound like some soy boy. I mean, soy girl, like Dr. Marissa, what, what, what are your pronouns again? I mean... Uh. You're an octopus, for God's sake. Why, why do I even care about this? I'll leave my octopusness out of this. What you choose to do about mask wearing is your business. But we need to stop you from being canceled so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm dedicated to getting educated on a more profound and productive level than ever before. What, whatever. Okay, so what are you doing? To get more educated, nocturnal man. Yeah, I just ordered new Jim Crow and I stopped watching cop shows. So, you know, I, d I definitely feel like I'm, I'm less racist. Maybe even not racist. Yep. It must be important to you to not seem racist. Yeah, I'm, I'm not racist. I shared Chris Harrison's tweet about the Black Bachelor. I, I dated feline female. Black Thunder, he, he's one of my pals, but... You know, I don't really agree with them about reparations, and I don't really believe in white privilege. You know, I've, I've had a really hard life, but, you know, anyways, Black Jungle Cat, he was cool. I got him a card when he died. So, you know, I'm doing the work. Good for you, Nocturnal Man. We're running short on time. Oh, okay. Um, hey, Doctor, can I share something with you, Dr. Marissa? Sure. Go ahead. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna miss Rush. I know. I've always known. There, there was something comforting about listening to him. He, he made me feel better about myself. So much of what we're dealing with is unprecedented. He was, he, he, he was precedented. He said what America ought to know. There, there, nocturnal man. There's always Ben Shapiro. There's, there's always Ben Shapiro. There's always Ben Shapiro. There's, there's always Ben Shapiro. There's always Ben Shapiro. There's always Ben Shapiro. And there you have it. Another breakthrough. Join us next time. I'm Dr. Marissa, octopus therapist. Y you know, all that talk about Ben Shapiro, it's, it's really drying up my tears. Thank you, Dr. Marissa. You're welcome. And we're back. Welcome, um, Amy, Amy Aniobi to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, insecure executive producer, Emmy nominated, uh, writer, director, amazing, incredible. I'm going to read your bio. 
Amy Aniobi is a writer, director, and executive producer on HBO's Emmy-nominated comedy Insecure, starring Issa Rae. She also served as showrunner, head writer, EP for season one of HBO's stand-up special Two Dope Queens, so amazing. And she has multiple projects in development, including three projects at HBO and HBO Max and two features set up at Universal. Amy recently directed the short film Honeymoon, also very beautiful. I'll ask you in a minute more about it, um, which explores a new Nigerian couple's arranged marriage. She also co-created, co-directed, and starred in the web series Lisa and Amy Are Black, also hilarious. Um, she created the web series The Slutty Years and wrote for both seasons of Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. Amy is Nigerian. She hails from North Texas, graduated from Stanford University and UCLA, and has lived in both the US, uh, that's New York uh, and Bay Area as well, um, as abroad, France, Morocco. She enjoys travel, baking cookies, drinking whiskey. I'm gonna ask you about that too. Um, this is incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to the show. Oh my goodness. Um, oh my gosh. Like bonafide. Yes, success. So much success right now. Um, and this is just incredible. So, you know, I want to talk to you about finding a network, like how how one finds a network, keeps a network, um, whether it's in Hollywood or in any other profession. It's obvious that it takes a village, sometimes nepotism, um, but, uh, you know, hard work all around, but of course, you know, it, it's always good to know people. So, uh, but first up about Insecure, my top three favorite Insecure moments are when Issa gets ditched by the women in the bathroom um, and she chases after them. It's like an action oh my music. Gosh, yeah, um, and, it, and it all turned out to be a fantasy. That was mm -hmm. That was incredible um, in the uh, low-key done episode. Um, also um, from last season, Kelly pretending to be British. Hilarious <laughs> from the Benny Hill. Party episode. Oh yes. my god! Um, and then like the riot happened. She's out from Philly. Yeah. Um, amazing. Uh, then in the familiar like episode, also with Kelly, um, going over Issa's finances, uh, and that was an episode that you wrote. Yes. Yeah. And then she. Yes. Oh my god. And then suggested uh, that she go into concubining. Yes. Just. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So what are your proudest, what's your proudest moment from working on the show? Wow. Um, that's such a good question because, uh, being on from the beginning and I should say, I should, uh, I should edit that bio. I don't have three projects in development between HBO and HBO max. A few have been passed on, so I'm like, oh, well. I, but it's fine. I, I have two, but, um, uh, it's fine. Um, I'm fine. And I, I, uh, my proudest moment from Insecure is, um, I have two. Mm -hmm. One, I'll say directing episode 507, which you guys will see this fall. Um, Yay. and I, I was really happy in the final season to get to do something that mm -hmm. scared me. I love directing and had always been like, I, I love to direct, but I could never direct Insecure because our show is like very hard. Right. <laughs> like so many locations so many pages every scene's a group scene it's just like it's it's a bit of a complicated show to direct and um I'm really proud that I did it but my other proudest moment actually is from season one in um episode I want to say it's 106 I, I actually don't remember the exact number but I know it's a scene where Issa and Lawrence are about to go to bed and um, she wraps her hair in a scarf. Yes. And I wrote that and I was like, this will probably get cut. Because again, this is like my first like all black show coming off of a, a, a few white shows, some blackness in there, but mostly white shows. Yeah. And I was kind of like, this will get cut. Like nobody cares about this, but that's what I do before I go to bed. So I'm going to write it. Yeah, of course. And literally on set, I was on set the day we shot it. And when I saw Issa start wrapping her hair, tears came to my oh. eyes. And I was like, what the fuck? Why am I crying? And I was like, oh, I've never seen this. I wrote something I have never seen on TV. Yeah. And now it's being shot and everyone will see it. Yes. It just like that, that, 
that is the proudest. And even though it's such a small moment, it's not a joke, it's not dialogue, it's literally just atmosphere. But it, it's one of the proudest moments for me was being like, oh, a thing that I do is now on TV and every black girl can relate. <laughs> or most yeah. Yeah. I, I still wear my scarf, um, from when I got my hair relaxed for the first time. So like 12, Mm -hmm. um, my sister gave me her orange, uh, silk scarf and I, I Mm -hmm. still have it to this day. Yeah. I don't know if you have the the same one. Yeah. The first scarf that my mom gave me, I still have it. And I have others, but I still have that one. Yeah. Um, It's like history. Yeah. And, and I never lose it. It's always here with me. It just like, I, I'm never like checking for it. Just like, oh, here's my orange scarf. Um, mm-hmm. So this is this is amazing. So I met you almost two years ago mm-hmm. over the phone. We've only been uh, over the phone or virtual um, okay. in the time that I've known you. But like um, you graciously, graciously, like graciously, I can't pronounce it, chatted with me over the <laughs> phone um, after I randomly e- in, um, emailed you. Um, funny enough, I got your email. Um, it was like completely serendipitous. Um, Ashley Burnett of Halting Catch Fire fame was on Keep It. And she mentioned right. an upcoming mixer. Yeah. Um, because this was around the time of the WGA conflict. And she um, she said, OK, if you want to come to the event, email, blah, blah, blah. And so I wrote it down. I was in New York at the time and I kept it. I emailed when I moved here and thinking that I was um, reaching out to uh, Ash- uh, Angelina's um, assistant. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then sure enough, it was it was your assistant. and so and then because also like um you know I I knew like you have to you have to network across you have to like um connect with people so I'm thinking like okay so I'm asking that your assistant like do you want to meet for coffee and she's like well Mm -hmm. why don't you just meet with Amy she she'll meet with you you can meet with Amy and I was like what (laughs) yeah I mean in New York like no one would no one who is a success, you know, necessarily will just meet with someone, you know, fresh off the boat, so to speak. And, <laughs> and so I was just like, I was blown away. And and you talked to me, you gave me incredible advice, you told me to, to, to do UCB. You told me, um, just, you know, work on your writing. Don't worry about like an, an agent, like just, just write, write, write. Um, incredible advice. I'm so grateful. Then flash forward. Um, flash forward, uh, I get an email and it's like, it's like, I've been invited to Hogwarts to like be in your mentoring group with, um, some other, um, incredible filmmakers and writers. And it's like, I, I made friends and it's, it's been such an incredible experience. Um, so I'm curious, I'm curious for you, like when you came here, um, you know, was there someone that welcomed you into this industry? Um, someone that helped you to, in building your network? Yeah, um, I I think it's so funny because um, I think sometimes when it's happening in the moment, you don't really realize it's happening, right? Like you're sort of just like making friends or moving around, um, just saying what you want to do and seeing who pays attention. But all of the, that's why I always love to remind people to network across because I feel like my tribe came so organically from my friends group. And it was like, I, I, after I graduated college, I moved to France and I was living mm-hmm. in Paris and working at like a production company part-time and then also working at this little sandwich store and like writing after hours and whatever. Yeah. And my visa was about to run out and I was like, oh, what do I do? And I emailed and I, I had told myself, cause I love France so much, but I was like, I can't just like waste my life here. Just right. like eating croissants and doing nothing with my brain. So I was like, I need to, um, if my visa runs out and I haven't gotten a job, I should move back home. And I ended up emailing, but also the concept of moving back home to Texas, I was like, God, no. So (laughs) I was like, I knew at this point I liked the arts. I had gotten comfortable with calling myself a writer. I knew I wanted to work quote unquote in Hollywood, but I didn't know what that meant. And I emailed a friend in New York and I emailed a friend in LA and was like, hey, should I move to LA or New York? Like, I just, I need to, my visa is going to be up. I'm going to be moving back to the States. And then, of course, the friend in New York was like, move to New York and here's why. And the friend in LA was like, move to LA and here's why. And he oh also was like, also, we got a three bedroom apartment. There's an empty room. And nice. I was like, <laughs> so I was like, that's where I'm going. I, I had no plans. I didn't know. I was just like, got to go there. 
And yeah. so I like came home to Texas and my parents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I um, told them I came home to study for the GRE, which is the weirdest thing to do. For grad but school. I did. Yeah, I was like, I, I got to study for the GRE and then I got to move to LA to work in Hollywood. And they're like, where, why, what, what? <laughs> and like, and the, the GRE is just like the basic uh, grad school so yeah. you, were you thinking of like, you, you were just going to tell, you were telling them anything. I'll, I'll just, I'm, yes. I'll go to grad school. Like, yes, I might go to grad school someday. So let me take the Jerry. Literally, yeah. Colette, I had no grad school plans. <laughs> it was just that I came home and was so bored because my yeah. lease didn't start until I think November 1st. And I came home at like October 10th or something. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck do I do for the next three weeks? I'm so bored and I'm so sad because I left France and I signed up for a GRE class. And I was like, I might go to grad school someday. Let me take this class. Mm-hmm. Took the class, moved to LA. Like my parents drove out with me. And then I got there like on a Thursday or something. And then like that Saturday, I took the GRE. <laughs> oh my God. I did any of this I don't know why but I'm actually it ties in later because it actually makes sense that I ended up doing it I did not have plans to go to grad school I was just like trying to stay occupied and my tribe became my roommates this guy who was like we have a third room available yeah he was writing a lot of stuff and then the other girl in the apartment her name's Kalila and she's a DP she's now like currently a working DP right wanted to become a DP and um and, and she shot your web series too yeah, she did and honeymoon she also was the dp oh wow wow Be- it's phenomenal. a beautiful movie and you can also yeah. see her growth like both wow growth like yes. from the web series to like she's so so i'm like one day she will win an oscar and i'm yeah. so ready for it to be for something I wrote, I hope. Um, And, but like that became my tribe and the three of us would uh, write things and shoot them and like help each other. We'll have like a little writer's group in the living room. And then there's another guy who actually doesn't work in entertainment at all. He works in like aerospace engineering, but he was like the fourth one in our tribe. And he actually (laughs) ended up being a valuable member because there was one day where I brought home this script that I had written. Like I was at work. I worked at E, like the reality show. Nice. I worked for E International. E Entertainment. E Entertainment. And I would write my little scripts and print them at work because printing was free there. And I would bring them home and we would do table reads and we'd like plan to shoot them. We like, you know, submitted some contests like Doritos had like a super full like commercial (laughs) contest. MTV had a contest that we won actually. We won the MTV contest. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so like we submitted to all these different contests and stuff. And I remember one day saying, I just wish my hobby could be my day job. I just like writing more than I like anything else I do. You put it out into the universe. Yeah. And this fourth friend was like, you can't, it can't, you should, you should do that. And I was like, but how? He was like, go to grad school. And I'm like, who will pay for that? And he's like the government. And I was (laughs) like, oh, really? I did take the GRE last year. (laughs) Yes. So then I applied to grad school and I was like, I didn't know. I only applied to UCLA. I didn't apply anywhere else, basically because I was reading all the requirements for film school. And a lot of them were like most of our graduates, graduates finish with at least one project to enter um, uh, into the industry. And and UCLA said, you can't graduate until you have four scripts. And I was like, quantity leads to quality. I'm doing that. And so I was like, if I don't get into UCLA, I'm not supposed to be a writer, um, which is a heinous thing to say to oneself. Like, why would you put all those metrics on you? But yes. in, a, in a fit of luck meets preparation, I did get in. And um, in that program, there were only two black female students in my class of 24. And the other student was a writer by the name of Lisa McClellan. She yes. became one of my closest friends. Yes, we Lisa made and a Amy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We made a web series called Lisa and Amy are Black and we yes. met in grad school. Wow. So that's what I mean. Like, it's just these organic, like, I did not have a plan, so to speak. I think now, where I am now, it looks like I orchestrated, like, what a great trajectory. And instead, it was just, like, being who I was and organically meeting people. Like, even getting onto, I wrote for Awkward Black Girl. And even mm-hmm. that was because a college friend connected Isa and me and she was like oh I'm helping produce awkward black girl and you're a writer and we need writers do you want to write for it and right and, and like, that that friend is Tracy Morgan Tracy Oliver Tra- Tracy. Tra- I'm sorry Tracy Oliver Tracy yes 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 different person <laughs> different Tracy yes. Tracy <laughs> Oliver incredible yes. producer yes 
yes and uh-huh. an incredible writer in her own right like, yes I mean, first wives club girls trip like yes she's so talented so it's so nuts to like come from that organic beginning like she and I were friends in college and then she connected me to um Issa and then when we all we used to have a writer's room for in um for insecure for awkward black girl in yeah. my living room like we would meet in my living room in West Hollywood and walk and go get tender greens and then walk back up and keep nice. on writing and so <laughs> and it was so and that was my first like paid writing experience like it wasn't a lot of money but like Pharrell um bought the YouTube or like it bought her show and put it on his YouTube channel and she did the Kickstarter. So we got paid and I was like, I'm a paid writer. This is so cool. And meanwhile, I was being an assistant and working on um, happy endings and working for a couple of writers like Hillary Winston and uh, Wendy Calhoun as their um, oh, wow. assistants. And, uh-huh. and so it was all just like this thing that organically kept happening. And I have a thing that like, when I like working with someone, I just want to hold on to them. Like, I'm just yeah. like, I we vibe. So I want to work with you again. And I always tell people, and I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, I don't have any cool news to share. I don't have anything to brag about. So I don't have a, re- a way to stay in touch. And I'm like, yeah, but I also just like tell people, hey, I like you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's weird. <laughs> Maybe that's just enough. Like, I'm like, if you got shit going on, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> so, because it, it actually is rare to find those people that you creatively click with. Like you can be like, oh, we're both writers, cool. And that can feel good. But the people where you like start saying a joke and they finish it and you realize you speak the same comedy language or the people who it's like, you have a hole in your storyline and they know the fix and then they have something in theirs and you know the fix and you're like, oh, we kind of just like brain melded right there. Like that's actually kind of rare. And so when I had that feeling like I had with Kalila, like I had uh, with Issa, like I want to hold on to those people. And I'm like, we, we should work together again because this rare thing happened. So let's keep, keep in touch. Yeah. I mean, my, my husband's a jazz musician and, uh, and, and so yeah, what you're saying, like the vibe and, and in like improvising, you're, someone can, can hear your note. And they can react to it in the way that that makes it all flow and it becomes this like beautiful tune. So um, going back to Issa, um, you know, I want to talk about your incredible creative relationships. Um, You've worked with Issa Rae for over 10 years. It's um, your relationship, uh, like the creative relationship is as old as a fifth grader um, or or Beyonce's number four album. Um, Yes. You know, in artistic, yes. <laughs> so, you know, in artistic uh, collaborations, like a marriage, like what, what you're describing mm-hmm. is like, like jazz music or like a marriage, you know, what's the glue that, that kept you working with Kalila and then also with Issa? Um, I, I really think it, it goes into just what I said, like the idea that like, um, when you click creatively, you feel it like, it, it's just like, you feel like, like, oh, there's something like, I don't have to try so hard to be me when I'm with you. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's what I, and I also feel like safe, safe to fail, safe to critique, safe to have feedback, safe mm-hmm. to pitch, even if I don't know how it should go. Like, it's also that. Yeah. And I, and I also think it comes from recognizing someone who is consistently performing at their best, um, because that's how I function. Like I'm balls to the wall or nothing at all. Like I don't really uh-huh. like to, to have, I, I, I kind of don't have the ability to half-ass things. I don't know what that feels like. Wow. <laughs> I'm, so, a, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> you don't um, fuck around. Yeah, I'm like a hardcore Virgo. Yes. I, I work hard and I party hard for me, like not like crazy for maybe real partiers, but like, yeah. I'm like I am very much like, balls to the wall or nothing at all yeah I love people who are like that and so and Kalila is like that like when I still remember like one of those first scripts I sent her and she's like we can shoot this and I was like wait what and she's like I got a camera let's shoot it let's shoot it this Saturday who do we know and I'm like oh oh this is an option and I was like oh I I love that and she's like this is good like listen and it was like having someone believe in you and to want to give their time to you and I think like, even with Issa, I would say even in those early days of Awkward Black Girl, like 
I was so, I, w- I was in the system on happy endings and like those writers are so fucking funny and they come right. from like UCB and they've known each other for years. They were like literal UCB teams who mm-hmm. were on our show and they can riff and bounce and insult each other and then bounce back and all this shit. And I was there, the one, like, well, the only other black person in there was Princess Penny, who became the show in our Oh, Day. my goodness. He was a producer on Happy Endings. Yeah. And, like, I was an assistant, the one lone black assistant. The other assistants were nice, but, like, we weren't that tight. And yeah. so it was sort of, like, I, I felt so, like, ugh, like, scared to talk, scared to make jokes. There was one assistant who I basically, like, like we became close because it was, like, I felt like there's a common fear. Um, <laughs> beyond that I just felt like scared all the time and even though I loved my boss I loved my job I loved the people I worked with but I was constantly scared that Mm -hmm. they would see me fail and then I would leave that environment and go to my like ABG writer's room in my apartment and like everything I said Issa's bowling over laughing and like I'll say this like Issa is a generous laugher and I love that I love that from her she it's encouraging it's very encouraging. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, not only do I feel safe to make a bomb of a joke here, I feel really good when it doesn't bomb, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, she here, she thinks the same things I think are funny are funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of like when you feel that way, like as a comedy writer, you just are you are like one of the nicest compliments someone can do is actually say, that's so funny, as opposed to laughing. Like as comedy writers, like very, very hard to make people laugh. Um, like kind of like, I, Par- like Paris Hilton, like that's funny. Yeah. Like that. That's, that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> very that. And so I think it was just really like being in those two environments and feeling like two different people. Like during the day, I was an assistant who was scared to speak. And at night I was a comedy writer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I want that feeling all the time. I want to feel like that. So it's like she, it's like that, that group or, or Isa and, and the, the group all together. It's like you came alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's amazing. So it's like, um, you know, keeping with the marriage theme, what have you discovered is your, your love language? I mean, I would guess like affirmation. So like the five love languages, affirmation, quality time, <laughs> physical mm-hmm. touch, which isn't inappropriate in the creative, uh, but like <laughs> acts, acts of service and receiving gifts. So yeah. would you say yours is yeah. affirmation? I will actually say that we all, all the insecure writers, we took all the love language we took the quizzes to find out what all of our oh oh that's were. so funny <laughs> and um I'm a needy bitch because I tied <laughs> in everything except gifts gifts I'm a one like don't give oh. me gifts I don't like gifts and here's what I'll say it's that I don't like gifts I have to keep I love alcohol I love a candle I love flowers yeah but other than that missing with a gift like you don't know what I like <laughs> I could have bought it myself I don't gift know certificate yeah, exactly. Gift certificate. I'm like, now I got to go to that store. I literally, it's just like, give me a booze, get me flowers or get me a candle. These are things that I can physically, I know they will be used and yes. done away with. And other than that, I don't really fuck with gifts, but everything else I was even across the board. Oh, wow. Mission, I need it. Quality time. I need it. Physical <laughs> touch. I need it. I'm like all of it. It was actually something that we talked about when we switched to a zoom room for the final season. Cause in the mornings we <laughs> So, 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 so weird and dumb, but insecure writers, we like hugged each other in the mornings. Oh, like, so you would get day. that physical yes. touch. Oh, it's just, oh. Like, so many of my writers. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes you'd be sitting next to someone, they do a good pitch and you're like, that was a good pitch. And you just, I love that. You're so funny. Yeah. And you kind of do touch each other. <laughs> and and, it, and like, it makes for a good vibe too. Yeah. Like it's a family, it's a family kind of vibe. Exactly. I was always like, it was so funny. We laughed about it sometimes. I still remember, like, I feel like Sarita at one point was just like, why did I come in in the morning and hug you? <laughs> and it's like, I see you every day. But it was one of those, like, every now and then you're like, you're like, oh, it's my friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I just said, uh, so what's your biggest joy then in collaborating with Isa with, with the whole Insecure crew and, and everyone? Yeah, I think it's seeing Black people fully realized and a certain type of Black person, like not every single Black person is is fully realized on this show. But I do think yeah. that like being able to write um, a trauma-free story where we all um, 
start as fully human. We're not explaining our humanity to anyone. And we get to have the same ordinary problems that like other, like let's call it white people get to have. Like that is a joy to get to come to work. I will say like after the George Floyd murder, like Zoom rooms are, are, are tough. It's hard to focus. It's hard to like um, make jokes over Zoom. It's like everyone's sound keeps coming, cutting out. I got spectrum internet. I'm always freezing. Yeah. But yeah. after the, the George Floyd murder, I was like, so I was, I was actually kind of happy to go to work because I was so sad and so yeah. broken and devastated by what had happened. But I wanted to see those black faces. I needed to see black people. Yeah. And like to get to log into Zoom and we all looked fucking wrecked was actually kind of healing. And mm-hmm. I, I remember thinking, I wonder how that black like eye banker feels who's logging into the Morgan Stanley Zoom and is all alone. I wonder how that black person at the, you know, fucking um, West Elm feels like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like get into the store and they're all alone. I'm like, I'm so blessed to not have to know that feeling anymore. And obviously to a lesser extent without so much trauma attached, I had felt that feeling for years in other jobs. And it wasn't that anyone was necessarily mean to me, but you don't realize how much you have little defenses up all day long when you're the only, you're always entering rooms and going oh, just me. You're always like making a reference to a black show or something and realizing, oh, y'all haven't seen it. And it's like, you're (laughs) always like, ordering food and being like well can't order that or they're gonna think it's too black can't get the watermelon you know it's just like right oh my god these like tiny little little bitty gates around you protecting yourself and the greatest joy on insecure is that I there were no walls like it, it, I was fully myself um I could be bougie I could be um <laughs> bougie when I was bougie I could be first gen kid who doesn't know shit when I wanted I could be a church kid because mm. I, I grew up in the church, I could be every version of a black person I had lived, I was. Right. And they were all welcome. And you didn't have to explain yourself. Didn't have to explain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you were talking, I, I remember going to um, a friend's uh, house and uh, I was already feeling weird. It was a, it was a barbecue. I mean, they're really great people, but like, um, I, I, I was like, oh, I brought some eggplant for the, and the the dad was kind of like, oh, like kind of laughing. And it was just like, it was so uncomfortable. What? Yes. But it was like, yeah, but I, I can, I, I can, I feel you on that. Just like the constant, like adjusting, um, you yeah. know, reassessing like the landscape and, 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 you know, just, it's like playing a game. And yeah. so it's nice to just, de- you know, just, uh, be relaxed and be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you celebrate a win? Ooh. Um, like last year you were nominated. So the Emmy nominees, um, Emmy nominations for this year were, were, were announced today. Um, this is going to mm-hmm. come out tomorrow. Um, you know, last year Insecure was nominated. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finally, you know, it was nominated. Like how, how do you celebrate a win? Like something like that? Uh, with alcohol. Um, yes. <laughs> nice whiskey. We, I know that morning we all got on the Zoom and all did a toast and it was so nice. And I remember I went to fellow writer, Grace Edwards. I went to her house, um, to mm-hmm. her um, apartment to watch the Emmy, them read the nominations live. And I yeah. walked in as they were reading that Insecure was nominated. And it was just so fine that like getting to be with another person because it was during the pandemic. We hadn't seen anybody. And right. I was like, I'm bearing like hell and high water to come over to your place. Cause I don't want to watch it by myself. And Cause I had a good feeling that we were going to get nominated. And when we did, it was so nice to get to share it with a friend. Um, and, and then yeah, to, to toast, but I, I do tend to like get myself a nice, like I love, like I said, I love whiskey. So I tend to buy myself a nice whiskey when I, I sell what, something or what's your mm-hmm. favorite bottle. Um, Hibiki. I really love Hibiki, Hibiki um, which I've is a Japanese whiskey. Nice. Yeah, I really, I really, and Nika, Nika coffee grain whiskey is a favorite as well. On the American side, I've recently gotten into a black owned whiskey called Burrow Brothers, which is oh. really good. Yeah. It tastes, it tastes kind of like Bullet. I've heard Bullet has some interesting politics. So I've been like, you're oh. very drinkable, but you oh, got to oh, get oh, out of oh, here. Oh. So um, yeah, so I've switched to Burrow Brothers. Exploiting people. I really love. Yeah, yeah, the standards. Uh-oh. <laughs> also, like whiskey in America has a very racist past. Like, it's yes. 
So yeah. it's like bourbon and whiskey is like all pretty questionable. And I was like, that's why I started getting into Japanese whiskeys because I was like, <laughs> I want to get whiskey from other cultures. <laughs> but I do really love Burrow Brothers. You want to leave the American whiskey and the colonialism and bullshit and just, yeah, go to a yeah. different country. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, alcoholically. Exactly. Nice. Alcoholically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So going back to writing, uh, what's your ideal writing condition? Um, oof. Uh, it's, it's so specific. It's right when I wake up before the world has woken up. Wow. That is the best time for me to write. And when I'm on a deadline, which I kind of am now, mm-hmm. I tend to wake up at five, um, which is not super. I know like Issa wakes up at four. Um, wow. She said in a lot of interviews, I can't do it. I need sleep. Um, I, I do just, you go to I bed burned. at like nine o'clock? No, that's the problem. It's <laughs> like I burned out my sleepless nights in grad school. And like I, I used to never sleep. And that's how I got so much shit done. And now I'm so tired. Right. <laughs> like, because if you, it, drowsiness is red alert and sleep death is cumulative so it's like if you didn't sleep in your 20s you will feel it in your 30s and in your 40s so I'm like over here like oh I'm fully 36 like I feel when I don't sleep enough and so and my problem is I'm not good at going to bed early because I have to decompress from my day yes days and kind of late now now like with zooms and everything meetings go later and so it's sort of like after I decompress, like I come home, I like watch some TV, wash my face, all the things, you know, it's suddenly like 1130. And then I'm waking up at like five (laughs) to write. Cause that's when I write best. I always need cup of coffee, full glass of water, no one around. And then sometimes I have certain types of music I can listen to. It depends on where I am in my writing process. Like when I'm breaking story, I tend to not like to listen to music. Mm-hmm. But when I am writing dialogue, the music is almost like a cafe. Like it's just like noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tend to really, really love British soul. I oh, listen nice. to British soul when I write these days. Like for the last like year, I've been listening to a lot of like British soul. From, um, from like the classics or or like, uh, I don't know, Corinne Bailey Ray, like, like from now? Yeah, like, who, uh, like, like literally from now. So it's sort of like, uh, here, let me see if I can, I'm, I'm blanking on some of the artists that I, I actually really like in my, oh, Jazz and Sullivan is a great album. Hotels oh, nice. is a great album to, to play to, but um, here's my British Soul Invasion. Is, an, is a track list on title. That's what I typically listen to. Uh-huh. So... Lorraine James, Laura Mvula, um, uh, uh, Sinead Hartnett, Yoria Smith, um, Carl Benjamin, Camille, Jacob Banks. Oh, I love me some Jacob Banks. Yeah, Mahalia. Oh, I love Mahalia. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like these are, and also sometimes FKA Twigs, but sometimes she, she's on here, but she, she's not really soul. She's, but I like her, but sometimes I, her music, it gets a little like, see for me. Right. Um, but, she has a good yeah, song Celeste, about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was, is her, her song called two weeks? Um, FK twigs. Yeah. Um, they listen to it's an old song, but, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a nice one. Um, she's so good. yeah, she's great. Um, uh, so like I started doing artist way with friends. Um, oh, nice. we, I had the book, it was just like collecting dust on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Two of my friends had the same uh, situation. We were talking about like just doing something, anything to like get our, you know, creative juices flowing. So yeah. I started doing morning pages. So I'm, so you have to write first thing in the morning, but, um, is there anything else that you do? Do you meditate? Do you do morning pages? Like how, like, how do you, um, find ways to navigate your, your self-care, like, especially now you're working on so yeah. many projects and then you, just, as you said, 1130, like you've, you're spent and then you have to go to sleep. Yeah. And, yeah. I do. When I wake up in the morning, I always set an intention. I, I have like, uh, that's something that I started doing, um, uh, in like November, I started seeing a career coach. I, I go to therapy. Oh. I love therapy, big fan of therapy but I started seeing a career coach because I was starting to ask my therapist job advice. <laughs> I was like, like I don't know. I was like, I can't talk. She's like, always, what do you think? And I'm like, oh no. So I'm like, I need to talk to someone else about my job shit. And so I started seeing this career coach and she really helped me like sort of like break through some of like the walls of rounding down on myself, like uh-huh. outside of just the therapy shit, but in a work sense, because I think, 
because I've worked in the same environment for so long. I know I'm good at what I do. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know that, but right. I also am very much like, I'm only good at what I do here. Like, I'm very like, I can't do anything else. And that's not true. And so I had to really get help, like working through that. Um, and then part of that was, um, she encouraged me. She's awesome. Her name's Marie Garvey. She encouraged me to set intentions every morning. And um, I started doing it. And wow. it's helped me so much. Like I write sort of like an overall, like, thank you to the universe uh -huh. at the beginning of like my month kind of, and I say it every day. And then I also set like today I am this, you know? So for instance, oh my God, maybe this is too raw, but it's coming out tomorrow. So it's fine. I had to uh -huh. do a photo shoot yesterday for um, this, for the PGA magazine, which is the Producers Guild magazine. Wow. And I was kind of like, why do they want me for this photo shoot? Like, why am I doing this? Like there are other producers on this show that are like, higher than me should it be me even though I'm an executive producer like what the fuck am I talking about yeah. but I'm over here being like I don't know why is it me and so my intention and then I also had a couple meetings um where I was soliciting advice from people and I so my intention for the day was I belong here yeah and I was like wherever whatever whatever meeting I log into whatever space I enter whatever thing I belong here so quit quit thinking you don't because you do and um it was really hard to mm -hmm. believe it all day long. And so I also like today, I was like, I have a really full day today, just like things back to back and two interviews and like, um, and uh, a meeting with like a president of a studio and like a notes call and, and our podcast. And yes, <laughs> and I have a date tonight and I'm like, what Ooh. the fuck? But I was <laughs> like, I've got so much going on. And I was like, today is about energy. Yes. I'm not saying I'm going to be energized, but I'm going to give good energy. Yes. And I was like, I have good energy. And so that was my intention for the day. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get to this date and be easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl, but I'm going to try. <laughs> well, your nails already, the, the neon yellow, like that's energy right oh. there. It's beautiful. It is, right? Yes. Yeah. But I have to change them. You can't see there's growth. So oh, okay. I'm changing them tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to change them tomorrow for my, my vacation. But um, from a distance, they look pretty good. Yeah, they look amazing <laughs> and ready for, for date. They're date nails. They're date They're, nails. Thank yes, you. yes. Thank you. Okay, so that's that's amazing. Um, I, my therapist has, has said that to me too. Just say, I got this. Or, or mm -hmm. you know, set set an intention and just and just keep, so you, you know, and you keep saying it to yourself. Um, so- um, I was, uh, I wanted to ask you about directing because you were, mm -hmm. you were talking about the, you know, the energy, um, setting an intention. How did you ask to direct the insecure episode that, that we're going to oh, see? Girl. How did, really did, did your question. people talk to insecure people? No, no that's not how it happened. Okay. I, I talked and it, it yes. was, it's one of those, I, someone had told me this advice that I did not listen to in this instance, but someone gave me the advice, do things before you're ready because by the time you're ready, someone else will have already done them. I have regurgitated that advice to people. And yet when it came to directing on Insecure, I didn't follow it. I was so scared. And I literally, as like season two was going and somebody, and I was like, you know, I was the on-set producer since season one. So I support the directors. And that sometimes means like our day is falling behind and I'm looking at their call sheet and being like, okay, well, I think we can cut this shot and maybe we just do this and this instead. And it's like, oh, I don't think we got that performance. Can we do it one more time? And yeah. maybe the intention is this. So I'm here supporting the director, right? And, and so a few directors in season two and our DP at some point turned to me and said, when are you going to direct? Yes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, they're just saying that because I'm bossy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not. And they're like, when are you, but you've directed before, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not something like Insecure. And they're like, well, you should. And literally so many people had said it. And I was like, how do I get good enough to direct this show? So what I did, my overachieving Virgo ass decided to write a short and that set in a vacation destination, Cancun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hire a crew, hire actors, fly everyone to Cancun, shoot the short film between season two and three of Insecure, um, or between season three and four of Insecure. Mm -hmm. Shoot this whole ass short film, um, edit it, send a cut to Issa and Prentice, and then go to them and say, hey guys, um, I just finished shooting the short film. 
Um, I would like to know if you would consider me as a director. And the thing is, I had a friend who I talked to before going to Cancun to shoot the film. And I told her that's why I was shooting the film so that I could prove that I would be good enough to direct on Insecure. Uh-huh. And she was like, if you were a white man, you would have done ask. Yeah, you're just gone. You'd have just gone She's to like, them. You would have asked the first day of season one. You would have been like, so when am I directing, bro? You know, and I was just like, wait, what? And, um, and she's right. And I literally like, I'm so glad I still did it. I'm yeah. so glad I did it. And I love what I made, but coming back and realizing like, I did all of that <laughs> instead of just asking. And so I did ask, but by the time I asked, they had picked all the directors for season four. Issa was like, oh, I didn't know you wanted to direct. Oh, we've already picked everybody. And I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, oh like, my God. Oh. <laughs> like, Maybe next year. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, <laughs> and I, I said, but they saw my short and they're like, great job, you know, whatever. They're nice. Yeah. And, and then going through season four, and it was so crazy because one of the episodes for season four, JL is directed in Cancun. So yes. that same oh, that year, was a great episode. Yes. And I was his producer on that episode. And I literally was like, well, ain't that a bitch? I was just shooting in Cancun this year. And I was having that weirdest deja vu because I had scouted in Cancun. I had, yeah. and I was just like, I was here so like proud of him for having the courage to ask. And obviously he'd been acting longer than I had been writing. But I still was like, wow, he's here and he's doing it. And I didn't think I could do it. And not to say like, like he did an amazing job. Yeah, it's a great episode yeah. at all. But that, I that's the episode. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, no, that's the episode when uh, Andrew and Molly go to Cancun. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. And yeah. then I, and then there was like that kind of weird full house joke at the end. Yes. Yes. That <laughs> was hilarious. And then. Um, Nope, uh, Lawrence, it, yeah. yes, yeah, and then yeah, Lawrence looks at her like, "What, what the hell?" Yeah, are you about? oh, okay. that was exactly. amazing! It's wow, so, he did so, and he directed himself, like in that final scene, at least, like he directed himself. Wow, just, like he, like I was just like, while when we were scouting in Cancun, I was over here just like, you did all this by yourself. And you could have done it with the love and support of HP fucking O. Yes. And you didn't do it. And I was just like, what's wrong with me? And that's when I realized that I had a real crisis of confidence. Like that's what that, like having that deja vu, being in Cancun a second time, supporting a director, like again, and like, as I had been doing since the beginning of the show, that's when I was like, oh girl, there's something a little wonky in your brain. You know, like I was just kind of like, why didn't you think, you were good enough to do this. Like, it's hard. Like, it was so hard. It was, I did not envy Jay. That episode was fucking bonkers. Right. He had to start it in LA, finish it in Cancun, direct himself, share days with other directors, <laughs> pick up shots from other things. Like, it was fucking chaos. Right. And yet, he knew he could do it. And I was like, oh, I need to work on my brain. You know? Yeah. And so going into season five, I was like, I'm not letting myself freeze up again. I'm not going to say I'm not doing this like yeah because this was this was your bit your your final moment this was your final chance right yeah and I was like oh I gotta fucking like like it's game time nigga you know I gotta like get it together and so going into season five I remember sending an email that made me sweat that I emailed Prentice and I was like hey I know we discussed directing next year just checking is that still happening (laughs) and he was like nothing has changed on my end and I was like that's yes <laughs> what does that no? mean <laughs> I was like girl I was like is uh-huh. and I was like Grace can you casually Grace is the other writer who yes I yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was like can you casually bring up in the room who's directing what because I don't know if I'm directing and I've made it awkward and then she asked and I was like okay cool 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 cool, cool. and I literally was like what's going on in my head like why am I so why do I turn my volume down all the time why do I do this I, I do um, that so, too it, it, yeah. is it that it, it feels real is it that it feels like um you actually have to do the thing um you have to and, and then it has to be the best. Is it perfectionism? What do you I think, think it's it, all it comes that. from that? Yeah. I think it's all of that. It's perfectionism. It's been being doubted before. Like when mm-hmm. you've seen people doubt you, you inherently start to digest their doubt. You know, you start to be like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's also thinking like, oh, but so many people have supported me 
So the only reason I've gotten here is because I had so much support, not because I'm talented. You know, it's like, it's just considerably rounding down on yourself. And that's, that's why I think therapy is so important, especially I think artists, we have a tendency, it's very rare, not that it doesn't happen, but it's very rare that artists are like, well, I'm the best now and still, you know, it's like most people are going, yeah, no. I'm going to fucking lose it. You know, <laughs> they're, they're going to realize I'm a joke and they're going to throw me out of the industry. Like most people are panicked right. quietly. Um, so it's very normal, but I think it's important to have support from a writer's group, from therapists, from friends, from uh, family to make sure that you are validating yourself because you do have to do things before you feel like you're ready. It's the only way to learn how to do them. Yes, that's so true. Um, so what I wanted to, so for honeymoon, how can people see honeymoon? Um, so it's not, I'm oh, talking about things before you're ready. It's not available online. I have not posted it online. Cause I saw um, it at a, a film festival. Exactly. It, yeah. was, it did the festival circuit. And I originally was going to have like a, an LA screening with like all my friends and then posted online pandemic came. So I never had that LA screening. And so I never posted it. Yeah. And maybe I should, like, I don't know why I haven't actually, because like all my web series are available online. Like right. some of that shit's bad. So I'm like, <laughs> no, it's great. It's hilarious. Lisa and Amy are black. It's it. hilarious. Yeah. I probably will. I think, yeah. I, I think I will someday, but I think I just, I felt very protective of it because it's sort of like, based on my parents and like in a weird way it's like slightly based on my parents so I just sort of like I don't know I don't know why I haven't posted online I'm not really sure it's a beautiful movie uh it's like it felt like Italian new wave um I felt like uh your uh the female protagonist yeah she was giving me like Monica Vitti uh vibes yes um it was it's a beautiful movie I always think of a the pool scene um when she enters the pool and comes uh-huh. up, like, I was like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. Like it was, it was incredible. Um, which is, it, it's so funny that, that you were nervous about insecure. You were feeling insecure about, yes. Yeah. but uh-huh. you, you, you have vision and you have, you have it in you. Oh, um, and it's amazing you. that someone so successful can, can feel like me or, or anybody else where you feel you, you start to doubt yourself and you have to remind yourself that, you know, you got this. So, um, and then you were talking about support systems. So like, is there a group text that helps you get through the day? Oh, 100%. There are about three or four group texts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because you have those friends who it's like when you have that notes call with an exec and then you text your friends, I just had the worst notes call. And they're like, no, it should be illegal. <laughs> oh, send the notes. I'll go to their house and I'll give them notes on their face. Like, it's just like, we just all go in just so hard supporting each other. And then I have the friends who it is sort of like, uh, when you've dealt with some white executive bullshit and you can be like, Hey, so have you ever been, has it, has anyone ever explained how black characters should behave to you? Yes. And uh. it's like, we're all like, yes, we've all been there. <laughs> and it's like, I have so many. And then I also have texts where I'm sort of like, I'm in this story hole. Can I call you real quick and just talk about, like talk out the beats of this real quick? And it's yeah. just like, yes, of course I'm available. Like, that's what I love about having great friends and not just contacts yeah. is that you feel safe to be that vulnerable and to be like, I'm crying because I had terrible notes. You know, it's like, I know I've texted Lisa numerous times and been like, just got notes in tears. And she's like, call me, you know, she's like, do you want to talk? You know, and I'm just like, I, I love that having those people who just have your back unconditionally. And that's, those are the spaces I want to create, but they're also grown organically. It's not like I went out being like, Hey, are you good with receiving notes so that I can learn from you? It was more like, Oh, you're already my friend. Oh, we have these common things. Oh, we can talk about this. So it's something that can't be forced. And I find that when people try and force it, like kind of like networking, that's when it can sort of not lead to the most positive results. But I think when it grows organically, the support system becomes very supportive. <laughs> right, right. Um, so before we play a game, um, is who's putting out work that excites and inspires you? Oh, that's good. Um, Amanda Idoko is a Nigerian comedy writer who I love. Um, she just soft pitched me an idea um, that she's going to be pitching to, or practice, practice her pitch. Yeah. Like that was another instance where she emailed a group of people and was like, I have a pitch tomorrow. Can y'all, anyone good for a Zoom tonight? And I was like, yep, here's the link. Boop. 
And it's just like when you have each other's backs, you have nice. each other's backs. Nice. And so she she practiced pitch to me and I loved it. And I was like, her voice is so good. It's so sharp and clever. I'm really excited by her. I love Stephen Canals, the producer yeah. uh, and showrunner and director of Pose. Right. Like, Nom- nominated such- today. Exactly. Nominated today. He is such an empathetic storyteller and person. Um, and that I want more of that in our dramas. I think yes. dramas can have trauma and light and hard and soft. And he does that, which is really exciting. I also am obsessed with, I'll say, oh, I'll say someone from Tribe. I mean, obviously I'm obsessed with you, Colette, but that would be oh. silly if I was here and I was like, Colette, oh. you're like, okay. <laughs> but clearly I adore you. I love and you. your writing is Thank so you. funny. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And I'm so excited to explore more of your voice once we get our shit, once I get my shit together and we get to actually exchange more scripts. I'm so excited Thank for you. that. But I also am really excited by Jasmine, who's in Tribe. Um, yes. She submitted to the Warner Brothers um uh writing program and her sample was so fucking funny it was like being a hood girl in Compton who like also um is like like she was like it was like from the perspective of a bully a high school bully and I was like this is so good like she's (laughs) and I was just like this is so I have so it's almost like Cobra Kai but like from a female perspective yes oh that's le- great less martial arts but she yes. was more like yes but she was she was sort of like a bully and bullying these other girls and I was like this is so funny and I love the atypical hero like in comedy and or in drama yeah so, me too um, yeah I'm just I'm very excited by new writers um coming up and I just think that in new voices in general like um people who might not be new to writing but are writing things that we or directing things that are that are different than how we're used to seeing them like Janixa Bravo I love her directing. oh my god Zola incredible yeah, so beautiful I'm so excited for I'm blanking on her name right now but the director for um uh rap shit she shadowed one day on Insecure and I was oh. just like I looked up all her work and I was just like I'm obsessed with her man I need to know I need to say her name oh no I don't want to not say it um, but, uh, she is just so I didn't know that they started filming already. They start next week, actually. Oh, um, wow. So let me tell you the name. It is Sade, Sade Joseph. Um, oh, wow. yeah. And she, she's just so talented and I'm like seeing people who have been here. Oh, and I love child. Child isn't, uh, she also shadowed on Insecure. Um, we got a couple in, we usually have a really good shadow program and this year we couldn't because of the pandemic. Right. Post vaccine, we got a couple of, of shadows in and it was really, really beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. To, to get to talk to them about their art. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm very excited for rap shit. Now I love Aida Osman from. Yes. So funny. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Okay. So I, can we play a quick game before you go? It's rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, so what's usually in your pockets? Kleenex. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm like an old lady. My nose is always running. Always. <laughs> so I constantly have Kleenex in my pocket. Do you have the little plastic rectangle? No, I just have it loose like this. It's disgusting. Just loose Kleenex in my nice. pocket. I always <laughs> have restaurant napkins, but I, they're, they're clean. Um, so, uh, one must need item for your apocalypse go bag. Chapstick. Wow. Gotta keep the lips moisturized. <laughs> like literally if even if zombies are upon us, I don't want to like yawn and then my lip cracks. I'm like, cause then there's blood that. on your lip and they're coming for you. Yes. Um, oh. mine is Blistex. That's, that's Love. my, that's my Love. go-to. Yes. <laughs> um, chapstick oh, brand. OG. Uh, <laughs> keep, yeah. Keep it OG. Um, okay. So which t- TV characters would you fuck, marry, or kill? Your choices are, um, Sam Richardson's buff boy competition host character from the sketch show. I think you should leave, mm, um, yes. Tim Robinson's hot dog guy character who stuffs a hot dog up his sleeve and brings it to a meeting when his dog, when his boss pushed lunch also from this snack. Also from the sketch show, I think you should leave. Or Tom Kapoor from Starstruck. Oh my God. Oh, that's good. 
Well, I, I haven't seen those two sketches from I Think You Should Leave, but I love Sam Richardson, so I would um, fuck him. Yes. Um, I would marry Tom Kapoor because he's a little boring, but uh, very nice. And so sweet. Loyal. Yeah, yes. He seems very loyal and kind and sweet, but like he was so when her into character her. was like, you're boring. I was like, oh shit, she read him. And then I was like, he is a little boring. Uh, but I also, he's so sweet. I think he'd make a very good hubby. And yes. then, sorry, I'm going to kill that hot dog guy. I do love a snack. <laughs> like I, I know. Um, pretty gross that he put it in his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is gross. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. The buff boy competition is really funny because it's like these little like eight-year-old boys and they're <laughs> they're buff. And then uh, Sam Richardson's um, telling the judges like, oh, who do you think? Well, you know, you got to choose. Yeah. And then the, the male judges are very uncomfortable because they're boys. Um, it's like, who do you think is more buff? Um, so it's, it's really hilarious. And then, yeah, Tim Robinson. So maybe, yeah, maybe Sam Richardson, um, too. I, I would, uh, I, um, yeah, fuck, uh, Sam Richardson and yeah, maybe kill yeah. the hot dog guy too. I agree. Tom Cooper. I feel like Sam Richardson would cuddle after too. Yeah. He seems like a cuddler. Yeah. I do love hot dogs though. But, uh, but yeah, um, Tom Kapoor, um, super sweet. That's, that's husband yes, material for husband sure. Material. Yes. I like him. I want to bring him to parties and be like, oh, I'm with him. Yeah. And, so and he's, he's be like, oh, wow. And he's a movie star. <laughs> okay. Movie star. Yes. Okay. Last question. What's making you happy these days? Um, ooh, that's a good eight cups of water a day. Nice. Um, I, I'm really enjoying being hydrated. I'm like, I put magnets on the side of my fridge and I move a magnet like from one to 10. Oh. Cause I'm like, if I go get to 10, it's extra credit, but I move a magnet every time I drink a cup of water. Oh, good for you. <laughs> and I'm I, like, Ooh, I got eight. <laughs> I'm doing the, the Noom app and uh, I, oh. I keep track of my water intake also. That's so smart. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, okay. So it, how can people find you? Um, I'm Janiobi on everything. J Aniobi, that's J-A-N as in Nancy, I-O-B as in boy, I on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram. This is amazing. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. You're amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You asked such good, Colette, you always ask good questions. Thank you. We have our writer sessions and <laughs> tribe. You ask the best. I'm always like, here come Colette with the gold yeah, book. Yes, I love I'm it. Like, yes, I love it. You are such a good interviewer. Thank you for You've asked me questions that are like a lot. Oh my gosh. I felt, felt vulnerable. I'm like sharing so much of myself. And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be online forever, but also in a good way. Yes. I mean, people should good keep tissues in their pockets. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> bliss eggs and chapstick. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So thank you so much. This is so great. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Thank you. Woo! I love it. Bye. Bye, Bye. Yummy Coco. Bye. <laughs> Bye.